and welcome to Casablanca Minute, the podcast rounding up the Warner Brothers classic Casablanca one minute at a time. Uh, We're currently working on a preview episode that will kick off the podcast, and in that we'll cover the who, what, when, where, and and why of the podcast. And uh, Some of those are proving to be easy. The where obviously is right here, wherever you're hearing this, wherever you're listening to this, just uh, stay right there and you'll hear all our upcoming episodes. The when is um, soon, but not too soon. It's coming up, but not right away. Uh, but what is what is causing the delay in that preview episode is the why. There's a lot to go into. Why do this kind of podcast covering a movie one minute at a time? And uh, a lot going into the why of why this film, why Casablanca. And so uh, so we're doing this pre-preview just to get a little introduction out there, get some material flowing in the feed while we're still working on the, the preview proper. And so what we're doing with this pre-preview is to cover some of the material that has been cut from the upcoming preview episode. And that material is our coverage of the AFI Top 100 lists. The American Film Institute is a nonprofit dedicated to preserving film history and educating filmmakers. And as part of their 100 Years event, celebrating the first century of American cinema, they polled film industry experts to produce a series of best of lists. Of course, Casablanca featured highly on several of these lists and, uh, and not so highly on some others. And so we thought going over... Uh, would just be an interesting way uh, to kind of kick off an introduction to to this film. And to kick it off, we'll start with the big one, the big 100 years, 100 movies, the top 100 American films. And actually going back to their, the AFI, the, the first AFI list, they came out with a top 10 in 1977. And on that list, Citizen Kane, Number one, probably no surprise there. If you're at all familiar with with these type of lists, uh, Citizen Kane will feature prominently in almost all of them. And so on that first 1977 list, Citizen Kane, number one, Gone with the Wind, number two, Casablanca, uh, coming in at number three. And we'll see uh, Gone with the Wind, the, the, the estimation of that film has gone down in the years since. There's, there's some movement on these lists. So for the, the, the current 100-year event, they came out with a top 100 American movies in 1998. And 10 years later, in 2008, a revised list and, and some movement. But So in that 1998 list, we had Citizen Kane, number one, Casablanca, number two. Um, and I'll talk a little bit later. A little, I'll have a little bit more of some, something to say about Citizen Kane there. But so Casablanca, number two, The Godfather. Number three, Gone with the Wind. Uh, now down to number four, Lawrence of Arabia, rounding out our top five. And that's a that's a solid top five. I think that, that's pretty good there. Not not too much argument. There's a few things we could say, certainly. Um, and in their 2008 list, uh, 10 years later, Citizen Kane, still number one. Now Godfather to number two. Casablanca slips to number three. Then some shakeup, Raging Bull. And Singing in the Rain, rounding out your top five. Gone with the Wind, slipping to number six. Lawrence of Arabia at number seven. Um, 
I'm okay with that. With with the with the four and five, with with the slipping of, of Gone with the Wind and Lawrence of Arabia, Singing in the Rain, uh, obviously great film, uh, great comedy, great musical, great all around. Um, Raging Bull, um, another great film. Uh, I don't know if I'd put Godfather above Casablanca, and I I, I would not put Citizen Kane uh, above either of those. And I mean, at this point, it's it's cliche. It's almost a write-in, um, just to say, yeah, Citizen Kane, greatest, best American film of all time. And I, I think I understand why, but I but I don't agree. Um, and I would say there's a few indications, and one of the things that we will be talking about throughout when we get to the actual preview. And then when we get to the actual podcast itself, to the minutes, is the cultural impact and the staying ability of of Casablanca and and just the way it is spread out, the way it is quoted and referred to and and, and shown up in, in so many other parts of pop culture in a way that a film like Citizen Kane has not. So I don't know how if you're if if cult if importance and cultural impact is part of your measure of the greatness of a film. I don't know how you can possibly put Citizen Kane above Casablanca. And and one of the things I I hadn't had really thought about it, or maybe I didn't notice it before, but the the Warner Brothers logo um, when that appears either at the beginning of uh, beginning of a film or at the end, um, you get the notes of as time goes by playing ov- over that logo. And you figure, well, you know, Warner Brothers, Citizen Kane, also a Warner Brothers film. You'd think they would go with lead with their best if if Citizen Kane is indeed their best. And they're telling you, well, no, they think their premier product is Casablanca. They're the you know they're the studio they're the producers if they think it's best you know who are who are we to to argue so clearly Casablanca best American film ever made and clearly better than uh, Citizen Kane um, and and not to say that Citizen Kane is not not a great film I would say um, I would say it may be the best made movie in American film history um, really the the, the the technical aspect, the way that that film came together, really amazing. And I would recommend. I'm not. I'm. I'm. It's it's strange. I'm. A, I'm a fan of podcasts, of of people talking about movies. I'm not a, as much a fan of the the commentary tracks that come on Blu-rays or DVDs or I don't know if streaming does. Uh, does commentary tracks. I, I will say one one commentary track I really enjoy was done by the the film critic Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert. Um, and I have it on, I, I think my DVD is from, from 2001. I don't know if it's been uh, produced on any other versions of Citizen Kane, but if you can find the Roger Ebert commentary track for Citizen Kane, I would recommend listening to that. Uh, particularly, I know there's there's people that don't understand why why Citizen Kane is is revered as this this great landmark and this great film. Um, some people don't even like it. 
um, let alone agreeing whether it should be number one or not. And I would say listen, you know, listen to the the Roger Ebert uh, commentary track to get is a lot of interesting information about uh, really about the making of and, and the things that are going on. Um, there's a lot of things that are happening that that I won't say you don't see on screen. You see them, but maybe you don't appreciate them. And that's that is a measure of greatness. That is part of the great ones make it look easy. If it looks hard, if it looks like you're struggling, that's not great. That you know the real great thing is to do something that's incredibly difficult and make it look easy. And that is something Citizen Kane does. It really, really, they tackle uh, and well, not they, you know, well, they all the filmmakers, but particularly Orson Welles uh, tackles a lot of technical challenges um, in that film and, and does it in a way that makes it look easy. So it's easy for someone today to watch it and go, eh, what's the big deal? So uh, so educate yourself, learn a little. If you don't know, learn a little bit about uh, the making of Citizen Kane. Listen to the Roger Ebert commentary track and and you'll maybe get a little bit more of appreciation for the film. So I understand I understand why it's number one. I, I just disagree. And I think of, and you think, well, you know, if it's kind of the best made film, wouldn't that make it the best film? And I think of, I don't, I don't have the exact quote. So this is, uh, this is paraphrasing, but something a uh, guitarist Wes Montgomery said in reference, talking about the modern finger tapping technique that you hear a lot in rock and roll and, and electric guitar. He said he could play Mary had a little lamb and old McDonald at the same time wouldn't necessarily make it sound good. And I think that the point is that um, the artistry has to come first, that the technique, something that, that's great technique and very difficult to do, doesn't necessarily make the best product. Um, now, I'm saying I'm not saying Citizen Kane is not a good movie. It certainly is better than someone playing two different songs at the same time um, with that kind of dissonance. But just to kind of say the 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 biggest technical accomplishment does not necessarily make the best art. So Citizen Kane, Citizen Kane, great movie, great technical achievement, not the greatest American film, because that, of course, is Casablanca. So, yeah, so currently I don't think they've come up with an updated list. There wasn't one. There wasn't another 10 year one in 2018. So as it stands now, Casablanca, AFI, number three. Um, I think you think you got to fix that. You got to come up with another list. That's all. That's all I'm trying to say. Um, so there, the 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 next list I want to talk about is actors and actresses. And this they did. They called it a hundred years, a hundred stars, but there's only fifty. There's a twenty five men, twenty five actors, twenty five actresses. Um, actually, twenty five plus. They include the Marx Brothers as a group. So there's they're all they're all at like number twenty. Um, grouped together but so it's it's 25 and 25 50 somehow they call it a top 100 or 100 stars but um you know these are people that also put citizen kane at number one so and there's they've you, citizen kane is not my number one beef with these lists we'll, we'll get into it there's there's more coming up but um so anyway so uh, top actresses we've got ingrid bergman at number four um looking ahead of her on the list number one katherine hepburn Betty Davis, Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, I can't really argue with that. Um, and then Greta Garbo uh, rounding out the top five. I would maybe flip three and four, put Bergman above Audrey Hepburn. Um, but 
Catherine Hepburn, Betty Davis, one, two, you can't, I, I, you know, if you're welcome to disagree, um, I'll give off contact information where you can reach us later. Um, if, if you have your own, your own list, but I'm, I'm happy. Um, Ingrid Bergman at, at, at number four, Humphrey Bogart, number one. And of, of course, I don't, I don't think there's really much argument there. And I'll, I'll run down the top five, Cary Grant, Number two, uh, James Stewart, three, Marlon Brando, four, Fred Astaire, five. I'm, I'm okay with that. Now, Henry Fonda, six, there's another one where I could flip either way. Um, if he was if he was Henry Fonda, five, Fred Astaire, six, that's okay. Now, I the only issue I might have is James Cagney at, at number eight. And and that comes in, and, and I've, I've seen a bunch of James Cagney. I actually recently rewatched Yankee Doodle Dandy. From 1942, the same year, uh, the same year Casablanca came out and from the same director. And, you know, James Cagney, Song and Dance Man is a song and dance man. I mean, you know, did the dramatic stuff, could could do the acting, could do the gangster stuff and could could carry a tune and could dance and could glide across the stage as good as Fred Astaire. So, you know, Astaire at five, Cagney down at eight. Um, now, now, some of it is not just technical ability or or craftsmanship. Some of it is fame and, and notoriety and um, impact on popular culture. I think that that gives Fred Astaire the push over James Cagney. But, you know, Cagney's no slouch and kind of riding on that the, the top, uh, you know, top actors and actresses. They also did a list. Uh, top hero heroes and villains. And here we get the true 100. They did 50, 50, 50 of each. And we've got our buddy, uh, Rick Blaine for heroes. Number four, like, okay, that's, that's respectable, respectable. Uh, I believe that. And looking above him, Atticus Finch from To Kill a Mockingbird, number one, Indiana Jones, number two, James Bond, number three, Rick Blaine. Richard Blaine, number four. And that's right, especially when you consider, um, you know, Indiana Jones, uh, you know, the the trilogy, the three films there, James Bond, the, I don't know whether up to 20, 30, 100, how many, you know, the long series, those guys have got a lot of chances to express their heroism versus um, folks that only peer, you know, Atticus Finch and Rick Blaine, they're only in the single movies. But so I'm, I'm, I'm good with that at, at number four for Rick Blaine. Uh, Bogart is also on the list again at number 32 with Philip Marlowe from, from the big sleep. Um, eh, I, I would go with Sam Spade over Philip Marlowe on that list. Um, but that's, that's one of my more minor quibbles, I'd say. Um, now I, I kind of dis I kind of wonder about the, on the villain list, we don't get the villain from this film, from Casablanca, is not on the list. Our main antagonist is Major Strasser, but he, uh, you know, he's kind of a, a personification of the Nazis, and I think Nazis in general are are bad guys. I would I would put them number one. I think they're the number one bad guys, and uh, you think, well, that's kind of nebulous, but they actually include Man as a villain. Man is number twenty on the list of villains. And this is just the man from Bambi. So the guy who, the, the hunter who kills Bambi's mother, uh, who's never seen on screen, just kind of, we, we hear the, the, the gunshot from off screen. But so the man 
as the hunter who kills uh who kills Bambi's mother in Bambi is at number 20 as a villain. So I would think uh, just Nazis could be an entry, you know? So if you've got a, uh, I mean, there was a specific man who pulled that trigger. It's just, we don't see it because it's off the screen, but if you've got a, um, a, an abstract villain, you know, something not seen on screen can be the villain. Why not something, uh, you know, maybe it maybe it was a split the vote situation where, you know, some people are voting the Nazis from Schindler's List. Some people are voting the Nazis from Casablanca, you know, and, you know, none of them, no single group of Nazis or the Nazis from one particular film didn't get enough votes to make it to number one. Number one, by the way, do, um, do, the doctor, they got a doctor, um, Dr. Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs. Number one, uh, Darth Vader. Number three, but particularly the Darth Vader from The Empire Strikes Back, um, which I, you know, that's he's bad. He is a bad guy. He's a villain in that. I go with that. Well, and th- so the top five, number two, Norman Bates from Psycho. Uh, the number four, the Wicked Witch of the West. Great villain. Uh, g- great job there. And Nurch Ratchet, number five, from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Pretty good with that. Other than, again, other than the just the general exclusion of Nazis as villains. Um, I'm okay with with the villain list. So the next list I want to talk about is their top 100 songs. And this is a true 100. They do rank a full 100 songs from films throughout the uh, the American films from the last century. And, and I'm pretty good. As, as Time Goes By comes in at number two. And it's... You could make an argument. Again, I said, you know, the Warner Brothers logo, they play... As time, you know, they play those notes. That's what they play. I mean, this is, if you want to talk about a film, um, you know, a song associated with a film, it's hard to beat. But if you were going to beat it, I think you'd go with that number one, Over the Rainbow, performed by Judy Garland from The Wizard of Oz. Um, I, I, yeah, that's number one. That seems pretty clear. I think as time goes by, as, as great as it is and as identified as it is with this film, I'd call that a, di- a distant second. Um, rounding out the top five, Singing in the Rain from Singing in the Rain, uh, Moon River from Breakfast at Tiffany's, and White Christmas from Holiday Inn, um, also uh, released in 1942, coincidentally. But I would say that's, yeah, those those four, um, or those three, really, as time goes by, Singing in the Rain, Moon River, I would put those together. But again, they're all a distant second to over the rainbow that that's one of those cases where there's just it's another one of those cases where it's just a, a clear number one uh keeping on the, on the musical track they did uh top film scores they only did 25 and casablanca not not in the top 25 which i yeah i'm okay with um but i do want to give a shout i think that this the score um Deserves mention and, and Max Steiner deserves recognition for um, for the, the conditions he was working under. I mean, you can say that, you know, this is there's a lot of music, uh, you know, a lot of existing music, a lot of popular songs. Most of what we're hearing, you know, the, the scenes that are in Rick's Cafe, um, you know, when when the piano's playing, when the band's playing, they're playing pop music of the day. Um, so it's not, there's, there's not a lot of original score and even the original score. So he's got, 
Max Steiner was given two songs, kind of forced to include that he incorporated into the score for those moments when we don't have the diagenic sound of of the band in the club. He's got it as time goes by and La Marseille, and and I and well, going back to one of the one of the things that Citizen Kane gets so much credit for, and Orson Welles gets credit for, is overcoming technical challenges and making it look easy and and working within restrictions. Well, Steiner had a lot of restrictions where here's two songs you've got to include in this movie and you've got to work with it and 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 work with those restrictions. And I think he makes it look easy or makes it sound easy. I think he does a great job. I think it's a great score. Um, and particularly he didn't like uh, Steiner didn't like as time goes by and up until very, very late in the process was expecting to write an, an original song for the film to replace as time goes by. And it ended up Ingrid Bergman had finished shooting and moved on to her next her next project, her next film and cut her hair. And so was not available uh, you know, was not available and would not look right if to bring in so they couldn't do reshoots. So all the time where she's saying, you know, she was with, with Sam saying, play as time goes by. They couldn't do those reshoots of her talking about the song. So they couldn't replace the song. So they couldn't use Max Steiner's original. So I think um, I think he does a good job within those restrictions of working with with two songs he had to include within the film in one that he's on the record is not particularly liking, but weaving those melodies into, uh, you know, into the score. So I'm good. Maybe not a, in, I'm not a, a, a musical score expert, so I won't push on that. So maybe not in the, the top 25, but still a, a good score and, and worthy of recognition. And we'll, we'll talk about it as we get into the minutes. We'll talk about the, the music, the songs, the score, and how they they play into uh, this this wonderful movie. Um, and just a completely unrelated side note about uh, about the this AFI top twenty five list. So John Williams is on the score is on the list three times with Star Wars with and should say Star Wars number one score. I think another one. I don't you know. You gonna argue? Who's gonna argue with that? Star Wars very recognizable very associated with the film um, and, and something that is, you know, gotten into pop culture, transcend, uh, you know, the cinema. I would, yeah, I'm good with that. Number one. So, but, but John Williams is there three times, uh, star Wars, Jaws and ET. And I feel like not including Raiders of the lost Ark is, is a miss. And, and I know it's, well, the guys it's, there's 25 and you got one guy in there. Three times, and actually, so speaking of of, of um, Max Steiner, he's actually in at number two. Uh, was the composer of the score for Gone with the Wind. Um, so, so, so Steiner does get in there, even if he doesn't necessarily get recognized for his work on on Casablanca. But uh, so John Williams in there three times. Uh, you know, Star Wars great, Jaws great. I think I would, if it was me, I would. I would put Raiders of the Lost Ark in place of E.T. E.T. is number four, uh, 14 on the list of the top 25. I would just swap it out. I think most of the other lists I don't have too much of an issue with. But I would put I would put Raiders in there. Um, yeah. 
instead of instead of ET. I think that's in terms of John Williams score. I I prefer the Lost Ark over the ET. Uh, you know, but that's just me. Um, so on to our next list from our from our our AFI. They've got uh, the top one hundred cheers, and Casablanca is thirty two. Meh. It's kind of a middling. I mean, it's just barely the top third. I guess that's okay. I don't have too much problems with that other than um, like this list as a whole is problematic. So so number one, uh, you know, kind of I'll run down the top five. Number one, It's a Wonderful Life. Yay, cheer. To Kill a Mockingbird. Yay, wonderful. Number four, Rocky. Big yay. I think that's underrated. That should be higher. Rocky, number four. Number five, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Um, you notice I skipped number three. Number three on the list of top 100 cheers from the first century of American film is Schindler's List. Schindler's List. Number three in the top 100 cheers. Are you... I know, I know there's a... Uh, doing like the, the air quotes, like a quote unquote happy ending at that sort of like, you know, Schindler kind of is doing the right thing and trying to be good at the end. But are you cheering? I mean, try to think back to the last time you saw Schindler's List. Are you cheering at the end of that? Is that really a top 100 cheer? And is that, and, and is that better than Rocky? I mean, how are you not? Come on, at the end of Rocky, you're cheering. That's, yeah. Anyway, so, uh, you know, I, I, I can't, <laughs> I agree, you know, these lists are great when I agree with them, but then when I disagree, so I got to say, even when I, when I agree, I can't put too much stock with because I see some of the things they, um, um, you know, some of the, some of the things they do. So speaking of those, speaking of Yankee doodle dandy, um, that's, uh, 88, 88 on the top 100 cheers, Yankee doodle dandy from 1942. There you go. Oh, and also speaking of star Wars, uh, that's number 39. That, that also seems low in terms of, and, and I'm, and maybe I'm thinking of this different than they were thinking. I'm thinking like at the end of the film, like, does it end up like Rocky, you know, the end of the fight, he doesn't even win, but like it's a he doesn't win the fight, but he like wins the struggle. He's winning at life. You're cheering at the end. Star Wars, the Death Star blows up. You're cheering at the end. You know, jump out of your seat, yay. Are you cheered at the end of Schindler's List? Top 100 cheers. Okay. Um, so the, the next list is Passions. So top 100 Passions. This is... Uh, these are passionate movies. These are romantic movies. These are love movies. Casablanca, number one. So as I said, I can't, um, you know, I, I can't pick and choose if I'm going to, I can't, I can't complain too much when I disagree if I'm going to, if I'm going to hold it up as an example when I agree. So, and this, I will hold up one more example of why, why this film, and you know, I haven't been mentioning, you know, I would, I would. If, if Citizen Kane was coming up again and again in these lists, you know, I, I in my mind, at least, and maybe I'm the only one in my mind, there's a little bit of a rivalry in terms of who's that number one 
uh, of of American cinema, Citizen Kane and Casablanca. There's a rivalry in my mind. And so if there was a comparison there, um, I would be mentioning it. If like if Kane was coming up as like, I don't know, if there's a great song, if they you know, if Kane was showing up on like the best best scores or best songs, um, you know, I'd be mentioning that. Actually I should probably double check if it is. You know, if it was in like the the top one hundred heroes and villains. Um, now, now Orson Welles is on the list of top actors. He's there at number sixteen. Um, he's just just below. There's Gene Kelly at fifteen, Kirk Douglas at seventeen. So that's respectable. So so Orson Welles is in there as an actor, but Citizen Kane does not show up. Our top heroes, our top villains, top songs, top score. None of that stuff. Not showing up any of these lists. Not in our, our, our top 100 passions. Not even our cheers. Like, aren't you cheering at the end? When it's like, oh, that's, this was the sled. Yay! It was the sled. Yay! I mean, supposedly, this great, great movie. Aren't you cheering? Don't you have passion? Do you have passion for Citizen Kane? Apparently not. Apparently, even the... Even the AFI does not have passion for Citizen Kane. So our number one, our, our top five there, Casablanca, number one, Gone with the Wind, number two, West Side Story, three, Roman Holiday, four, and A Fair to Remember, number five. Yeah, that's pretty good. I would go with that, sure. Casablanca, number one. I think one more mark in, in the column for Casablanca being the greatest film, uh, the greatest American film ever made. And then... uh and then thrills, also so top one hundred thrills, where um, where Citizen Kane, where you at? Where you at, Kane? You're not on the top one hundred thrills. No one's thrilled by Citizen Kane, this so-called greatest movie. Um, <laughs> but Casablanca comes in in the middle. Uh, well, not, not kind of the top end of the middle, number thirty-seven as a thrill. And there's 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 some shootout. There's the um, there's the arresting of Ugate in the in the um, in the opening, there's you know there's some Nazi stuff, there's some shooting, so there's there's some thrills. It's not it's a wartime intrigue type thriller, but it's not a, a battlefield stuff. So th- thirty seven, I'm okay with that. But again, it's but it's got that aspect. It's it it made the list. It showed up where Citizen Kane nowhere. The 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 film that that made Bogart a star. Uh, that came out the year before uh, Casablanca, the Maltese Falcon at number 26. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, run down a quick top five. Top uh, top five thrills from the first century of American cinema. Number one, Psycho. Number two, Jaws. Number three, The Exorcist. Number four, North by Northwest. Shout out to uh, Hitchcock Minute and our, and our friends over at that podcast. And number five, Silence of the Lambs. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm all right. But then I look past, I look see number six, Alien. I'm like, ooh, that's a thrilling movie. How does that make top five? Um, but then you look at the top five, you're like, yeah, all right. Uh, six, Alien. Seven, The Burbs. Eight, The French Connection. Nine, Rosemary's Baby. Ten, Raiders. Raiders of the Lost Ark, number 10. That's a thrilling movie. There's a lot of thrills, a lot of chases, more Nazis there. Um, speaking of villains. But yeah, Casablanca at 37. I think it's war. It's it's 
it's wartime. There's intrigue. There's Nazis. There's there's that stuff going on, but it's not. It's it's number one passion. I mean, that's the main focus. Number one passion. Thirty seven thrills. Um, I'm I'm okay with that. That's that's a list you're not not necessarily going to hit the top of. There's there's a couple of lists that uh that Casablanca not on at all. Completely missed entirely. Um, one is the top 100 laughs. So that the top 100 comedies. And this is a really funny movie. Casablanca has got for a serious love story, love triangle, wartime thriller to a certain extent. It's got a lot of funny lines, a lot of good stuff, a lot of the back and forth between um, Rick and Renault, uh, you know, they're back and forth, a lot of good stuff. And, and I'll, I mean, we'll get to it. And I'll, I, I'm going to close with um, going over the top 100 quotes where we've got quite a few entries from Casablanca and even more misses. But a lot of good funny lines, the, the, the back and forth early on. Uh, you know, what in heaven's name brought you to Casablanca? My health. I came to Casablanca for the waters. Waters? What waters? We're in the desert. I was misinformed. Just Bogart, his his deadpan delivery, uh, those lines. He's obviously telling, obviously not not wanting to divulge anything, not telling the truth, making such an obvious lie that Renault knows not to not to push the issue. Um, a lot of you know, a lot of little funny stuff like that going on. I think it's a funny movie throughout the film. Um, a lot of good stuff, but, uh, you know, maybe not top 100. It'd be hard to pick out, um, you know, what would I kick out of the top 100 comedies to make room for, for Casablanca? And I don't know if I can find one. So I'm okay with that. A qu- quick rundown, top five. Some Like It Hot, 1959. Tootsie, Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Annie Hall, Duck Soup. Number six, Blazing Saddles. And... Annie Hall, just no, that's not funny. I that's not funny. Get it out of there. And I would actually, uh, going back to a, a film that's showing up at number thirteen, Young Frankenstein. I think Young Frankenstein's funnier than Blazing Saddles. Um, I mean, as a whole, it's certainly a better film as a whole. But even talking strictly just the comedy, I may switch those. I mean, Blazing Saddles certainly like top twenty. Um, you know, I'm not saying it's not a funny movie, but. Yeah, Young Frankenstein I might put up there. You know, I would put that. I, I, one of those. One of those Mel Brooks films. Mel Brooks slash Gene Wilder. One of those belongs in the top five over Annie Hall, certainly. Um, and Some Like It Hot. That's another one of, like, there's one, there's a huge gap, and then there's everyone else. It's just top. The way other people just say, oh, of course, Citizen Kane, number one film overall. That's for me. Some Like It Hot number one comedy just all right you know there everyone else is fighting over second place there's, there's no real no real question there um and then uh, the other list that um that Casablanca is not on is the the top musicals and it's a number not it's another not a top 100 for some reason it's only the top 25 but the uh top 25 uh musicals and there's a lot of music again it it, it happens the a lot of the actions happen in the saloon. Um, you know, Sam playing with the piano and the, the band and everything else. 
Um, there's really only the one, well, there's the two scenes, the two songs that where it kind of plays into uh, the, um, the, the the plot of the movie. So just having music in the background doesn't make it a musical because you're you know, not, necessarily, not necessarily having your protagonist singing and performing. Um, so our, our, our top five musicals are Singing in the Rain, West Side Story, The Wizard of Oz, The Sound of Music, and Cabaret, rounding out your top five. And, and that's another one that's I'm I'm good with that singing in the rain is just they're all I mean that's every every number every song you, the the movie the comedy um, I check is that is that on the comedy list Yeah singing in the rain number sixteen on the comedy list I mean really one of the hilarious funny movie um, but yeah number one on the musical so Casablanca not top of the top for musicals or comedies that's that's okay you can't win them all right is that is that we're gonna go with um and so i'm gonna to wrap it up with the, the last list i want to talk about is top 100 quotes and this is one of those where it's i don't i know i don't know i th- th- there's a lot i can argue with i'll just i'll i'll, I'll put it that way so Casablanca is the most rep- represented film on the list with with six entries, six quotes are in the top 100. And we start at number five. Uh, well, so we so so four. Of, so it's in there six times. Four of them are Rick. Uh, Elsa gets in there once and uh, Louis Renault gets in there, gets one in as well. So the, the first one is at number five. Here's looking at you, kid. Which uh, which Rick actually Rick says four times in the film. There's twice uh, in the flashbacks to Paris, and twice in the the present day in Casablanca. At number twenty, we have the our closing line, Louis. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. At at number twenty eight, they have play it, Sam. Play as time goes by. At number thirty two, we've got the roundup, the usual suspects, and and. I've, I've got well let me finish I'll, I've got issues with with 20 with 28 and 32 but we'll get back to that we just run down all of them so uh 32 round up the usual suspects at 43 we'll always have Paris and 67 of all the gin joints and all the towns and all the world she walks into mine so those are the, the six quotes from Casablanca uh, that, that made the top 100 and, and quick the top five. Uh, Gone with the Wind, Frankly, My Dear, I Don't Give a Damn. Number two, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Number three, um, and, uh, you know, Brando shows up, you know, makes makes a, a deserved showing on this list. At number three, from On the Waterfront, you don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. Instead, I'm a bum, which is what I am. And number four, Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Then number five, Here's looking at you, kid. Yeah, so there you go. That's that's your top five. So as I said, I've I've got issues. So first, starting with with twenty eight. So what they actually put on the list, and I don't know how. I don't know if they sent out quotes and asked people to list them, or if people just sent in their own stuff. That play it, Sam. Play as time goes by. Um, now I think this, so this may be the misquoted play it again, Sam, or, 
I'm not sure when, when, when people are saying play it again, Sam, are they misquoting the play it, Sam? Or later when Bogart is saying play it, he's like, you, you played it for her, you can play it for me. If she can take it, I can take it. Play it. Um, but yeah, so, so Elsa's saying play it, Sam, for old time's sake. And, and then at 32, I think round up the usual suspects. I think that's really low. I mean, that's, that is a line that is so iconic there's a movie called The Usual Suspect. Like this line has become the title of a film. Uh, now, Play It Again, Sam, is also a title of a film, but that's a misquote. But so like, I don't know how that's, how that's, how that's, that's 32. That seems wrong. And I have a particular issue at, I've got issues with a few of these things, but particularly, so at number 13, um, on the list of the top 100 movie quotes, a line from Love Story Love means never having to say you're sorry. And that's and that's above. So then number to add in some context, that love love means never having to say you're sorry is number 13. And number 14 from the Maltese Falcon, the stuff that dreams are made of. Now that's a great line. That's a great line from the film that is a great line describing film, the stuff that dreams are made of. That line gets beat out by love means never having to say you're sorry. That's uh, it's just not a good line because like it's it's one of those things that like it's true, but it's not true. Like literally, yes, it's true. Love means never having to say you're sorry. But love means like you don't have to do anything like you. You don't have to do anything. So but you do things anyway. You do things because you love someone. You say sorry because you you, you know, you didn't mean to do it. But you've done something that the person you love didn't want you to do or something happened to them that you had no control over, but you're sorry because it happened to them, even though it's not necessarily your fault. So, I mean, yes, love means never having to say you're sorry, but love also means saying sorry, even though you don't have to. So what does it mean to say love means never having to say you're sorry? I just I I don't like that line. I certainly don't think it's number 13 of the best movie lines of you know of of american cinema i don't think it's better than the stuff that dreams are made of it's certainly not better than round up the usual suspects that's i don't know like i said you know i've i've got issues <laughs> they don't they don't necessarily hit with with all these things but certainly the number one passion the number one passion movie casablanca they got that one right love means never having you say you're sorry as a quote they got that wrong. Um, I also say I'm not crazy about the 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 last of the six lines from Casablanca at number sixty seven of all the gin joints and all the towns in all the world. She walks into mine. I think I think there's there's some better lines than that. I think there's some better back and forth, and and they particularly come at the end. I mean, like the last scene, the last few minutes of this film are. I mean, if you just did nothing, if this was a silent film up until like the last 10 minutes, just the the scene when they're on the airfield, if there was no dialogue until they get to the airfield, the last scene at the end of the movie, this could still have half a dozen quotes in, in the top 100. I mean, there's so much great stuff there. But before we even get there, there's these great lines, great back and forth. There's the, you know, may, may we see your papers. Everyone comes to Rick. Everyone comes to Rick's, um, you know, these, these um, I don't, when, when Rick is talking to Agate in the beginning, 
I don't mind a parasite. I object to a cut rate one. Uh, the, the, the great back and forth with Yvonne. Where were you last night? That's so long ago. I don't remember. Will I see you tonight? I never make plans that far ahead. I mean, that's that little back and forth that tells you so much about this character. And it's a great call ahead to what Elsa says late, you know, later in the movie, but in the flashback when, um, you know, when Rick proposes, they get married on the train and she says, you know, I don't think that far ahead. Like, so the, the, the things, there's stuff, they're not just great lines, there's character behind them. I mean, really great stuff. Um, and I, I started, I, I started going through the film and going through the script and kind of pulling out lines that, that I think could, um, you know, would, would fit in on a top 100 list and lines that I thought maybe were better than that of all, you know, the gin joints and all the towns better than that line. And I, I, I stopped it. I, I passed 30. I stopped around 35. I'm like, okay, I'm now I'm just transcribing the film. I'm just typing up all the dialogue because I mean, so much of this stuff. And, and that's one of the things, one of the things I was talking, I will get to, in the preview episode and certainly we'll spend a lot of time on when we break down the film one minute at a time is all the fingers in this pie, all the cooks in the kitchen, all the people that, that worked on this script at one point or another, not just the three names on the Oscar for the best screenplay, but, but all the other people that kind of contributed to it. I mean, so many, so many great lines and just looking at jumping right ahead to um, to that last scene, Rick has got line after line after line, and, and and Bogart just nails delivery for every one. You've got the, um, um, I mean, this is how this is not in the top one hundred. If if that plane leaves the ground and you're not with him, you'll regret it. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon, and for the rest of your life. I mean, talking about power within the film, the way it's delivered an impact on pop culture, the way, you know, uh, the way that line gets referenced, the way that line shows up in, in other films and other media that's referencing back, like that's an iconic line. How is that not in there? And then you've got, um, we'll always have Paris. We didn't have it. We'd lost it until you came to Casablanca. We got it back last night. And then it's like, well, we didn't really, we saw some of last night, but there's a lot we didn't see. Uh, you know, what happened? last night that they got their love back and um and again there's i don't want to get too far into it save some stuff for the podcast we get into the minutes but there's a lot they had to work around remember this is it's 1942 and they've got to work around there's the Hayes code there's censorship there's you know government review of scripts before you could release a film so there's there's a lot of stuff going on um in, in particular, you know, but if I had to pick one line to say, all right, so you're going to pick, you know, that the all the gin joints of all the world, you're going to kick that line out. What are you going to put in? And I think if I had to pick one, I'd go with, I've got a job to do too. Where I'm going, you can't follow. What I've got to do, you can't be any part of. Elsa, I'm no good at being noble, but it doesn't take much to see that the problems of three little people don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy world. Someday you'll understand that. That is a great line. I mean, how do you have a top 100 lines, you know, top 100 movie quotes and don't include that? It doesn't take much to see that the problems of three little people don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy world. And that's a line like, I don't know if I go a week, even a week that I don't watch Casablanca. I don't know if I go a week without hearing that line show up in 
some other movie referenced in some other TV show come up in some other context. I mean, that's the, all these lines are just great. I mean, and maybe there was, maybe it's another instance of, of, of split the vote. You know, maybe they said, well, you know, we can't have, you know, we're, we're not doing top 100 lines from Casablanca. We've got to draw the line and we're only going to include so many from, you know, from one particular film. And then, you know, everyone's got their favorites. They split it up. But uh, yeah, just so much great dialogue, so many great lines to talk about um, in addition to uh, to the six on those lists. So that's so that's it. That's that's the American Film Institute top list celebrating the, the first century of American cinema and the, the place of, of Casablanca on on most of them. Pretty much, and anyone, almost all the lists that it had a chance to get to, you know, it's not a musical. It's not going to be on the, the top musical and and so forth. But but pretty much all the lists where it had a chance at, it's it's at or near the top, and rightfully so. Uh, again, I think this is, uh, you know, American American cinema, American movies from that that first century of of film. I don't think this. I you, you can't beat it in my book it's it's clearly number one and that's what we're gonna that's what i'll get into uh so we'll have a preview episode coming soon where i'll get again where we'll talk about the the who what when where and why and we'll get more into the details of of why this was just so this pre-preview was just in the context of these afi um these these afi lists we'll get more into the why in our preview that that's coming up and uh, we'll have, we can talk about the who we can talk about uh, the when and the what, and uh, we'll, we'll get into a lot more details. Again, the, the where is here, wherever you hear this, just stay here and you'll hear um, more stuff as it comes out while you're waiting for that, for the preview episodes and for us to get into the minutes and, and all that good stuff. If you're interested in, in these kind of, you're interested in podcasts about movies, you're interested in talking about movies and listening to people talk about movies and, and people talking about uh, movies one minute at a time, go to moviesbyminutes.com. Those are both plural. So it's moviesbyminutes.com. Right now, there are over 150 uh, different podcasts listed on that site. And if you include series and, and sequels and, and so forth, that's over 200 films that that people have broken down into pieces to, to talk about and analyze and and love and caress and express their appreciation for so that'll give you plenty plenty to listen to while you're waiting for us to to get our act together oh almost forgot to let you know how you can uh, reach out and get in touch with the show you can keep an eye for for updates and latest breaking news on the podcast. You can keep an eye on our website, CasablancaMinute.com. You can also uh, give us your feedback. Let us know what you think, what you're looking forward to, your opinions on the film. Uh, reach us at CasablancaMinute at gmail.com. And also follow us on Twitter at CasablancaMinute. And that's M-I-N-U-T without the E. There's a character limit on uh, on Twitter handles. So at Casablanca Minute without the E on Twitter. Thank you very much for, for listening. We'll have more for you soon. And until next time, here's looking at you, Cud. Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship.